I can't get the intro rolling, but uh, here's Judd's Hockey Show because my computer wants to take a dump on me. So uh, this is my oh, 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 oh. Judd's now, Hockey Show. It's Judd's Hockey Show because we couldn't, you think, score. we couldn't think of another name, and now we're just stuck with Judd's Hockey Show. All right, it is Judd's Hockey Show. I'm Judd. Uh, she is Jesse Pierce, of course, at Bar Down Beauties, also covers the wild for NHL.com. He is Declan Goff. He is our executive producer at Score North, also co-host of this show as well. And before we start talking about the wild and their trip to Sweden and how important that trip has become, uh, what want to thank our friends from Livia Weight Control Centers who have helped both yours truly and Jesse drop weight. And you can be the next to, to do exactly that with their pre-Black Friday event. Join today. You're going to get 50% off your personalized program. You're going to lose up to 10 pounds in your first two weeks, up to 20 pounds or more before 2024. It's Livia's best offer of the year, and it runs through this Friday. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com. L-I-V-E-A.com, inside or outside the state, because the whole thing can be done virtually as well. Livia Weight Control Center is going to help you lose the weight and keep the weight off. All right, let's get right to it. Wild in Sweden, they've lost three consecutive games. Um, They were off from that egregious performance on Sunday until Saturday, which is allowing teams to compile points to put them even farther out of a playoff spot. Um, And we know from from history that if you're not in a playoff spot at Thanksgiving, it becomes much tougher. So Jesse, give me your state of the wild and give me your concern after you were the only one of the three of us who was actually in the X on Sunday for that just utter meltdown against the Dallas stars. The concern, the all encompassing concern I have is that this is their identity. It's no longer an issue if you can't fix any of the said issues. And these issues have been the same issues that have been plaguing them since game two. I'm not going to include game one because they looked okay in game one. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say they looked stellar, but they did everything that they haven't done ever since. They can't play defense. They can't generate any offense because you're in the defensive zone 90% of the game. You're turning the puck over at an outrageous rate. You're allowing goals. Their goal differential currently second in the end, second worst in the NHL behind the San Jose Sharks, who, as we all know, are abysmal as well. But even they are starting to figure their, their stuff out. So, no, I mean, Minnesota just looked like a team that could not compete. Now, Dallas, of course, is easily one of the favorites from the West. There's no question about that. And they came in hot. They wanted to get their power play going. But the funny thing is to me, you guys, Pete DeBoer, who I spoke with before the game at 5 p.m., said, hey, you know what? And if these guys want to play physically against us, that's fine. We'll make them kind of eat their words on the power play. And they did just that. They fed into Pete DeBoer's hands again because this is what happened in the series last year during the first round of the playoffs when Dallas dismantled the Minnesota Wild. And uh, Pete DeBoer doubled down and said, hey, maybe we need to play more bad teams like the Wild to get our power play clicking because Dallas's power play didn't look that good until they played the Wild and scored five on special teams, two shorthanded goals, too. I mean, everything that could have gone wrong in that game did. And the Wilds have me. I don't even know if I'm disappointed. I'm I'm emotionless to them at this point in the season because, wow, like, wow. What do you think, Dex? Yeah, it's uh, it, it's been a train wreck. You know, we basically fired Dean Evison uh, on Monday's edition of Judd's Hockey Show with Phil Mackey. So it's been a train wreck. Their goaltending's bad. Their special team's bad. Um, you have your superstar players or your your star players pressing a little bit here, and they look really ordinary. Uh, the one that you know stands out to me, and we brought it up on Monday, is Kirill Kaprizov has one even strength goal this season. One. I mean, four on the 11. power play, one even strength. That's it. I mean, it's just. Whether, you know, we've been cheeky about Ryan Hartman being his number one center or you have to break up Zuccarello or Kaprizov, it, at the end of the day, 
I don't really think it matters who he's playing with. You can't have your superstar player only contributing one even strength game, uh, one even strength goal through twenty percent of the season. That's just completely unacceptable. So they have to get their star players right. They got to get a lot figured out here soon, or heads are going to roll. So Jesse, what the, the Kaprizov thing? I'm confused because he does not look like himself at all. Um, his his um, ability to turn on a dime, you know, so many of the special things about him and the fact that when he's going well, he works his ass off too, but his, you know, edging abilities, incredible. That doesn't look to be be there. And then on Monday for what Dean declared, it was not going to be a fun practice. And it sounds like he did have them go hard before they left for Sweden. Kirill got a maintenance day. And then there's a report that something might be wrong. First of all, are we going back to the Logan Stanley induced injury that he suffered against the Jets? And what do you, how, how much of this do you think is just he's not playing like himself? And how much do you think that there is something physically off that they're trying to keep quiet, but sort of at least on Monday tip their hand about? I have a lot of feelings on this. It feels very convenient that he took a maintenance day on Monday when he didn't want to speak with media following the game Sunday. So media was ready and prepared to talk to him on Monday and conveniently. It was a maintenance day for him. Now, whether he is being plagued with something, sure, that would at least help explain it, which I think right now that's all we want. We want an explanation for why he isn't playing the way he can. I mean, usually Kirill Kaprizov, you can still see that hunger in his eyes, and he's almost lost that interest, it feels like. It just kind of doesn't seem like the Kirill Kaprizov we've come to know and love. It's very interesting. I had uh, a Russian member who watches our podcast comment in, in Russian and said, basically, it looks like He's lost his creativity and he's lost a lot of his will a little bit, which I found incredibly interesting because it's like, maybe that is it. Maybe he's just beyond frustrated, but that's not Kirill. That's not Kirill Kaprizov as we know him. We know that he's not just going to sit back and, and lay down, but I don't for the life of me cannot figure out what is going on. I don't think it's an injury. I'm not ready to just say, oh, that's why that's and give him that easy pass because frankly, I think he's been given the benefit of the doubt thus far. Uh, my co-host Kirsten Kroll had mentioned this. she goes, other players would have been demoted by this point. I mean, he's no longer playing like a top line winger and he's not playing like a superstar. He's playing like a star, but he's not a superstar right now. And I think that's the biggest concern is when your superstar cannot get going for the life of him, like the Connor McDavid's, like the Austin Matthews, they can all figure it out. Kirill Kaprizov needs to step up and figure it out, especially when he's wearing the A. He needs to do that. So I don't think it's an injury necessarily, Judd, but that's because I'm being very pessimistic and maybe a little bit of a negative Nancy because that just seems like too convenient of an answer for us. And it would be nice to know if he would just chat with us and let us know what's up. That fan's uh, comment is really intriguing because here's my takeaway. My takeaway is he does look checked out. He he almost looks like we're going to find out something is wrong in his personal life somewhere, like something is plaguing him. Be, because I will give stars this, or not just stars, I'll give athletes this. You know, we often find out that, you know, a parent is sick or something, or a wife is pregnant, not, not in his case, because he's not married. But my point is, you know, to play at the level that that these guys do is a big ask if something is wrong, because they can't just turn that off. So he almost looks to me like something is off in his own life. Um, Cause it, you know, I don't even know he's playing like he's hurt. Perhaps he is, but there is definitely something at work here that we don't know. Cause you don't just Dex, you don't drop off the map like this completely. I understand like a few games for sure, but I mean, this has been an extended period of a guy who is a superstar, not looking like a superstar. Yeah. That that's the concerning part, you know, like, 
goaltending is going to regress. Special teams will ebb and flow. Uh, but for Kirill Kaprizov, and I'll even loop in Boldy there to a degree, for them to just basically be passengers on this team, I think we'd, I wouldn't say we'd feel better about the Wild, but like if they had the same record, but Kaprizov and Boldy were contributing, we obviously wouldn't be singling out the star players. We'd be singling out the, like, hey, this team has other warts and problems. But when your star players also aren't contributing, that is like a, a big alarm. And and once you get past like, hey, it's early in the season because the last few years of Kirill Kaprizov, he's always gotten off to slow starts and then things pick up from there. He, we're kind of past slow start here. Like I said, we're, we're 20% in. We're almost into that Thanksgiving bubble that if you're not in it, it's going to be really hard to crawl yourself, crawl your way back up to the top of the top eight. So at this point, small sample sizes are over with, and you're going to need your superstar players to be your star players. So, Jesse, here's my question, too. And, and yes, I did call for D- Dean's job on an emergency episode that included Phil Monday. Uh, what's next, though? The, the reason why I think we're get, getting to critical mass here is, one is, you know, with Dean in place, this team has never made a playoff run. Um, they have ordinarily, and they did this a year ago, they have been, you know, rebounded from a slow start to become a good regular season team. But after that abomination at home against the Devils a couple of weeks ago, Dean called all of the alternate captains in, and Felino basically went in the room, it sounds like, and and lit his teammates up in probably a positive way. And then they go and and they uh they go down three nothing to the Rangers the next night at home, then come back and win in a shootout. Um, Now we're to the point of this performance against Dallas coming off uh, the defeats in Buffalo and against the Rangers in the garden. You're back in the cycle again. And I guess my question is what's the next button to push? Like you can only go to so many wells, so many times. And it feels like, and I did see that after the stars game, they closed the room. They had a players only meeting, which I absolutely think is a bunch of garbage because they ordinarily don't work. But like, where do we go from here as far as pushing buttons and getting guys to do at least what they're supposed to do? That's just it. Like, that's what's so frustrating. Like you've tried to press as many buttons as you can. I mean, Bill Guerin moves Kalen Addison and brings Zach Bogosian and just to right. kind of remind people that he can do these things. We can make some moves. John Merrill, you can sit in the press box if you're not performing and Dakota Mermis will step right in or Damon Hunt. I mean, he's trying to do those little things again, remembering that he can't do a heck of a whole lot. He doesn't have the money to be able to do a heck of a whole lot. And unfortunately, as much as I hate kind of calling for coaches heads, because I think sometimes it's ineffective as well. Like I know Jay Woodcroft being out in Edmonton, that's not on Jay Woodcroft. I think Jay Woodcroft is a fantastic coach, but I think that's your next step. Now, maybe you don't look immediately at Dean Ebsen. Maybe you look at Bob Woods. Now, I think if this Swedish trip Mm. wasn't happening following that Dallas game, I think we'd be discussing who's replacing Bob Woods immediately. I think that kind of saved a little bit of space. And I think maybe they'll see how we come out of Sweden against Ottawa and Toronto, which isn't an easy task to say the least, but I think those guys have to to pull it together. I mean, really that's the best they could do. I know that's simple asking and you think it should be easy for professional athletes. You're getting paid a ton of money to perform your best night in and night out. And yes, you are human, but I know after that closed door meeting, it seemed like the word of the day was look in the mirror, which sounds very cliche and very, but it's also like, that's, that's what it is. You can only press so many buttons to figure it out that these guys have to pull up their pants and figure it out. Like, let's go, let's get your 
stuff to apparently i'm still very emotional about this you're still very mad about this and i love that but that's why at some point in time i think it's got to be the coach like like at some point in time you've got to change something here and and to your point they can't make huge trades and bring in different guys because they're up against the cap so much um here's what really concerns me too bill Guerin, who i am not absolving him okay like some of this the the roster as declan has said time and time again the extensions are on him but the one thing that I'll give Bill is Bill Guerin has worked his ass off to change the culture here. And I know that's cliched, but I mean, Parisi and Suter were bought out. Both were bought out to get them out of that room. In Zach's case, I think it was de- declining play. In Suits' case, I think they did not want him there. And so my problem is this. You worked your ass off and I'm seeing some of the same things now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not like this is not it's not a great team, but it's not this bad. And let's, you know, let's talk about the PK, the penalty kill, okay? Those goals on Sunday, and we could talk about bounces. Screw your bounces. Those, those, guys, those guys, the, the Dallas players' decks are standing there, just basically standing there. The rebounds, you're fighting for those things. And how many times did a Dallas guy get the puck? So, like, I, I don't want to hear, well, that luck, the luck of the puck luck. No, it's not. It, it's how hard do you want to work? And that goes back to the whole Parisi suitor era of guys didn't want to work hard. And the thing that scares me a lot, Matt Boldy is turning into Charlie Coyle when Coyle was here. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I like oh, the Jesse. accountability that Boldy has went in the locker room after games, which is good to hear. And we noticed that right away when he first got called up last year and or two years ago and whatnot. So you just you, you need guys to play discipline hockey and you don't want to see them like sell out their head coach either. Like we saw that with Mike Yo. Uh, we saw it a little bit towards the end of Boudreaux as well. But I mean, like the Yo one is the one that obviously stands out because, I mean, at the end of the day, Yo was a little bit of a pushover and you knew that he didn't really have control of that locker room. And I did feel bad to him to a degree, but you don't want to see that same thing kind of happen to Dean here. And I do think Dean has his pulse more on this team than Yo did. Uh, but at this, uh, to Jesse's point, like, what, what's it really going to do? You're going to you're going to change head coaches. You're going to blame him. Wild win four or five. And then all of a sudden, like, we're buying back into this team. Like, no, baloney. Like, we, we've seen this song and dance before numerous times. So, yeah, if if they don't start picking it up and they continue to play as poor as they do in situations where they should be a lot strong, like the Wild have had a sound penalty kill for like 15 years, it feels like. And for the last year plus, it's just been murky. It hasn't been good, and it's been mostly the same defenseman group too. You have Spurgeon back too, so there's no real, um, there's no real excuse for you not to be better there either. And if you don't start doing that, then Garen and ownership are going to have to make a change at a head coach. And I don't even know if that's really going to fix anything. It might not, but I do think that that I don't think that you can sit here and watch this for a long period of time. Like at some point in time, I think you're going to have to do something. The other thing that uh, that Jess is driving me crazy, and Kaprizov is is the probably among the biggest problems here, the turnovers, like the carelessness with the puck. Again, we're not talking about skill here. Like like we're not talking about well, if they just got a bounce here or there. I mean, I'm talking about Kirill has become a turnover machine, and their inability. Like I I would guess that, and I'm sure the stat is tracked the Wilds turnover rate must be one of the worst in the league. It feels like they are giving up the puck in really bad places as well. Neutral zone for breakaways um, on a regular basis, which again is very uncharacteristic of a, of a team that's coached by a guy who worked his ass off and worked really hard in his playing career. Cause he wasn't good enough not to work that hard. 
Yeah, it's it's completely frustrating when they not cannot clear out the defensive zone. They cannot exit, nope. get through the neutral. They're looking for these passes. Sometimes you wonder if they know who they're even trying to pass to. There's nothing wrong with a dump and chase game once in a while. If you can just get the puck out and into the offensive zone, let's give that a whirl. Like I'm going back to bare basics. And I know Dean always hates to say we're not a dump and chase team. Well, maybe you need to be because everything else you're doing is not working. I mean, the amount of high danger chances, like you had mentioned Judd there on the breakaways. And it's just, it's ridiculous there. It's, it's ugly hockey to watch. I'm okay with the wild being average. I did not have high expectations for this team. They were going to be bubble, but their play is well below average. It's well below what they should be doing, especially when you have the talent of Kaprizov, Matt Zuccarello, uh, Matt Boldy, Marcus Johansson too. I mean, he's been pretty absent as well. And Jewel Erickson has his belts, but really, I mean, none of these guys can seem to play that simple game of hockey. And for Kaprizov in particular, I think for the first couple games during this little bit of a slump or whatever he's in, he was gripping the stick too tight. And he was still trying to be his creative, edgy kind of player. That's not even the problem anymore. Like, he literally cannot get through the neutral zone. He cannot get keep the puck on his stick. He cannot get the puck off anybody else's stick. And that's freaking concerning, you guys. So... It is. I just. I don't know what to do. I'll go out there and play defense. I think is what I'm. I'm about ready well, to take, do. Well, take the man. I, yeah, just, just take use the man. The bot, like use hockey one hundred and one. Separate body from puck. There you go. Yes. Move yes, on. Yes, it's it's not a big ask. So, uh, Dex, if, if Krill is banged up, aching, if you you will, who would mm-hmm. you suggest he goes and sees to get that fixed so he can go back to being the player we're used to seeing? Yeah, I would go to Summit Orthopedics. There's uh, there's pl- plenty of location in the metro. There's plenty of locations in greater Minnesota. Uh, you know, whether it's ankles or your shoulders, upper body, lower body, they don't like to specify in hockey, but they do like to specify in your treatment at Summit Orthopedics. So you can disclose that information privately so it won't be on the game note spreadsheet that Kirill Kaprizov is dealing with, whatever issue it is. Disclose that information and get it treated at Summit Orthopedics. You can go to summitortho.com to find a location near you. Shout out to Summit Orthopedics for sponsored programming on Judd's Hockey Show. Is Jesse Pierce still as high on the wild goaltending as she was when the season started? (laughs) Yes. Marc-Andre Fleury kept them in that game against Dallas. They could have easily put a 10 spot on them, but Marc-Andre Fleury... Coming out, just you could tell he was mad, and I forget who it was. Should have been mad. Wash that game when he comes out on the breakaway and knocks the player off, gets the penalty. Well yep. worth two minutes. Well worth it because it's just he's hung out to dry. And you know, Philip Gustafson has been a little bit shaky. I'm curious to see what he does. I'm sure he gets the play against Ottawa for that storyline. But I mean, Flurry looked fine. He it's not hit. Those goals are not on him. When you're a man down the majority of the game or they're allowing breakaways, you can only do so much. I mean, certainly there are some saves you'd want back, but Jesus, they put up eight on them, right? Like, I mean, come on now. Yeah, it's rough. And you knew regression, especially with Gustin was going to come and, you know, flurry for right now is just kind of on his, on his swan song here. He's going to be riding off into the sunset by the end of the season. He's chasing the win total records and whatnot. But um, yeah, I mean, you need your goalie to be your best penalty killer, but to Jess's point, if you spend more than 50% of the game on the penalty kill, I mean, for God's sakes, what the, what else is he supposed to do? So, mm-hmm. yeah, if 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 the goaltending, you know, was going to take a step back this year, um, you didn't think it would be this drastic, but they, they obviously need their goalies to be a lot better here to start piling up some more wins. I think I'm more disappointed in Gustafson. Because, um, I mean, Fleury's not supposed to have to play this much either. Like Dean's just desperate right now. So if if Flower has a good game, he's back in net the next game, which I don't think was the preseason plan. Um, and Gustafson, 
to Dex's point, he's right. Like you didn't know, like, like you signed him to a contract off of one year, which is a dangerous thing. Uh, just, do you think that there is any chance that Wallstead gets a look if this continues down th- this path? And I only ask because he's been playing so good uh, for the Iowa team in the American Hockey League. The wheels have to come completely off. I mean, you got to be dragging that train down. Like uh-huh. I can't imagine the because wheels are pretty far off what, right now. Well, but what good is it going to do at this well, point? You I'm know asking. what I mean? Yeah. Like that's the other Fair point, point too. Like you'd have to. I, there would be no it would do Wallstead no good to come up here and maybe salvage a few games right like and I don't know you'd have to have enough faith that the offense is going to turn around and the defense is going to turn around I think those two things need to help anyway otherwise what are we doing right like I think whilst I don't want him up here I love I want him up here eventually you don't want him in this class I don't this want class him, yes. is a bad class and you don't want him to be corrupted by this I, class no I don't I want him to stay down there in the land of happiness and unicorns and rainbows and get that confidence, get that feeling good. Um, I would be shocked again, even if they do recall a goalie from Iowa for injury purposes, I still don't see it being Jesper. Um, I see it being, you know, McIntyre or what have you, but right. uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want him up here yet next year. Give him to me. All, Opening all night long. though. Ne- next year. You yeah. think? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That's that fine. Fair. Yeah. They'll only call him up in the emergency situation. They need to save their season or there's an injury, but I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked if you probably saw like, probably five to 10 games from him by the end of the year at this point. Bet you Wouldn't a dollar. Me at all. Dollar. Dollar bet. Yeah. 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 I'll take that bet. That, I'll th- yeah. That's a fair so, bet. I'll take that bet. That's a Absolutely. fair bet. Here's, here's my question though. Um, and it's why I think Dean might be in trouble. And, and like, I wouldn't dismiss all uh, step being called up completely. Garen doesn't give up on things. Like, so like he would need to mentally check. I, I mean, if the goaltending continues and, and look from my perspective, the goaltending, if flurry has to play a lot, it's off. It's there's a huge problem. And like, he's playing too much right now. And you know, if Garen seemed more of like a modern day GM and he might say, well, we're going to get a lottery pick now and we're just not that good. But you know, Bill, he's always like, well, we're, we're going to compete for a Stanley cup. That's what we do. So like, that's why I'm very curious to see now, if this continues in crisis mode, which it's the wild, who knows? They could come back and win four consecutive games and then, you know, thump their, thump their chest. and Oh, we're back. You guys didn't believe. Russo, Pierce, all of you guys. I hate you guys. Okay, so they play the Senators Saturday morning in Sweden. They play the Maple Leafs, I think, at like 7 a.m. Central on Sunday in Sweden. I have from um our, our guy, Mike Russo of The Athletic, Line Heathens. So Jesse at practice ordinarily tweets this out. She's not there. So I'm going to go through, which I believe now are new lines again. Okay. So I think we have new lines in some cases. Again, the first line, Kaprizov and Zuccarello still on the wings, Marco Rossi at center. Do you like this more, Jesse Pierce, than what was, I believe, a brief flirtation, too brief, Rossi, Boldy, and Kaprizov? Sure. Why not? I mean, really, I'm all for throw again, throw it at the wall, see what happens. I like Marco Rossi with Kirill Kaprizov. I think he's really strong. I think Marco Rossi is one of the few players on this team that has shown up every single night, and there haven't been very many. I mean, Dean Evson said it after Sunday. A lot of players sucked, and Marco Rossi has not been one of those guys. So he deserves that opportunity. He's done well in the past with it. And maybe, yeah, maybe that's what they need to get going. Maybe Kaprizov needs his security blanket of Zuccarello and then needs the skill of Marco Rossi. And that is, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. But 
I, I don't hate it. Um, I like spreading out the wealth too. If Matt Boldy were playing up to his speed, I like having that on the second line. You know, I think it, it could be good. It has a lot of potential and uh, let's give her a rip. Yeah. You, you got to try whatever at this point. So if, uh, and I, I want to see an extended look too, and not just, I mean, I know they did Ro- Rossi and Kirill Kaprizov for a little bit, but yes. I, I want to see an extended look here. Uh, you may as well. Ro- Rossi's playing really, really well. X been playing really, really well too, but I want to see what Rossi can do with Kirill Kaprizov and whatever can get Boldy going too. You got to try it to Jess's point, put anyone for God's sakes with him <laughs> at this point. Cause you need those two that star players me. to start scoring more. I don't like what I'm seeing from him. Boldy concerns me. And he needs to work his ass off. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand what the deal is with power forward potential here and guys becoming lackadaisical. Coyle did the same thing. And in Boston now, he's great. I think he's, um, I think he's their second or third line center. But, I mean, he works his ass off now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greenway did the same stunt. Tuck, Tuck was great in... in Vegas and we all assumed he'd be great here but I mean it's just weird it's like this physical type which you should love having on your team doesn't thrive here and I don't know why like Matt Boldy should never be like he should never have to be talked to about oh you're not working hard enough Matt it's like Mm -hmm. or you're not shooting enough like just tell guys to f off give me the puck and shoot the puck okay the the fourth line stays the same the second and third line Erickson Eck Boldy Johansson. So two thirds of that line are guys that basically have, as of late at least, disappeared. And the third line is Hartman, Felino, Maroon. Thoughts on those? I like Hartman down there. Yeah, it's hilarious that now Hartman is down there because that's where he should be. That's where Mm -hmm. I want him to be. Mm -hmm. We don't want him to be a number one center. He shouldn't be a number one center. And again, I don't know why he gave him $4 million for the next multi years. And now I'm pissed off because now I'm bringing this up again. But that's where he belongs. That's where he belongs. Why are we married to bottom six forwards? I thought we were done with that with Chuck Fletcher. Dean, what Dean, are we doing? Dean. What are we? Frederick Goudreau is going to get paid by the time my kids are having kids at this point. Man, just like, ah, what are we doing? Ah. And you ah. don't even have kids at this point. I know. Yeah. That's the but point. you know what? Dean, <laughs> Dean, Dean loves guys that remind them himself of Dean. I'm telling you, that's the thing. Cooperall wearing Hartford Whaler skating guys. He Ryan said he never Hartman. wore the Cooperalls. I brought that. No, up, I think he's too. I think he yeah. might have been too. So they had him for, for like those. one practice at one point in time. But they did. So he didn't. Yeah, you know what? He he was probably. I think he was with the Whalers after the Cooperall experiment mm-hmm. went by the wayside. All right, Jesse, your thoughts on those <laughs> on those two lines? Uh, God, I love that look. God, Whalers look is so good with the Cooperalls. Anyway, um, no, I. I like Hartman down there again. I don't, I don't hate Ryan Hartman. Like I think a lot of people do. I think he is what he is, right? Like he's that gritty player. I think Dex is absolutely right. That's where he belongs. Um, I like Eck with Johansson and Boldy. We've seen that time and again, and we've seen that work. So why the heck not? Um, You know, it's funny because the bottom six have been playing better than the top six. Mm -hmm. So that's always good too. I mean, Dewar, Duhame and uh, Letary have been fine as well. That line stays intact. I just need something out of that. I think what will set the tone come that game on Saturday is how well Kirill Kaprizov does out the gate. And I have to imagine you try starting that line. You don't get last change because I think Ottawa's technically listed as the home team Saturday and then Minnesota's the home team Sunday. But Kirill, I want Rossi to win the draw. They go down and they score 19 seconds in. Let's go. Tides have changed. 
Yeah. And I also want the, the one thing about that line and, and I agree with both of you. I like Boldy with Kaprizov a lot. Like I, or I'm, I'm sorry, Rossi with uh, Kaprizov a lot. The one thing though, is I do not want Zuccarello and Kaprizov doing their let's pass the puck back and forth thing. You know, you don't need to be, I mean, part of this is I, in my opinion, those two go for the pretty goal so much. And to be honest with you, until this season, Kaprizov often scored it. So it, it would be like, that's an unbelievable goal. That's great. But this year it's falling flat and they're still trying to do it. It's like, guys, come on. And so I almost would per, I almost prefer to see Zuccarello and Kaprizov separated. Um, but I also have a sneaky suspicion they tried that and then they put them back together so quickly. Uh, and this concerns me a little bit. I think there might be some locker room lawyering back in play here because it doesn't make a lot of sense. And I don't think the Rossi Boldy Kaprizov and especially the Rossi Boldy portion of it or the Rossi Kaprizov, I don't think they did. I don't think they're, that they did in anything to split them up. And Dean just, I think it was in what, Buffalo after they lost to the Rangers. He put that, you know, Hartman back with those. It was just very weird. Yeah, I'm very, yeah. He I'm didn't very... keep those lines. Like the no. line change lasted three games, and then he went yeah. back to what he knew, which didn't. I think he probably initially thought, "Hey, good, these guys are going now. I can go back to my ways." And it was like, "Well, why? Like, why not just keep it pushing through? Let them no. face that adversity and figure it out together on these lines." But nope, because he might have someone in his ear, is what I'm saying. Yeah. That's my guess. This is uh, you got to be careful there. All right, Jesse <laughs> Pierce, great stuff. Uh, as always, check uh, check her podcast stuff as well at uh, Bar Down Beauties and her written work, NHL.com and various places. If there is a hockey game or practice, she's ordinarily there. Um, Dex and I will be back probably early next week at some point as well to talk about the Sweden trip, and then we will reconvene on Wednesday. Dex, take us home. Pass, shoot, score. Hit the subscribe button for daily Minnesota sports entertainment.